2: Hey guys, it's Utopia Talks of Jaguar and I'm really pleased that we managed to get today's guest in amongst her busy schedule. You might know her from her explosive Rinse FM shows, Big Ravy Energy in her DJ sets. One of my favourite whore sets as well that's on YouTube. Oh, and also she is behind that Lana Del Rey remix from earlier this year, which has now got like 5 million streams on SoundCloud, um, leading to an official release and co-signed from Lana myself, so no big deal. Um, But can we welcome Simone to the podcast hello thank hey you so there. much for having me oh my, I got really nervous when you were saying that I was like oh my god <laughs> I have one thing to say to you yes. padam 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 I actually wrote that down and when you got in you're like I hope you're gonna welcome me by saying padam and then literally was written on my script like I know um, <laughs> what is this that's me living
0: in your head rent-free mm. um no so Jagger and I have just met today but we've been talking obviously on social media and it was when you were playing hoopla um, I was like, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'll, c- I'll come catch your set. And you just went, padam, and I said, padam, and this, now it's just this thing. It's <laughs> yeah. the only way to communicate, right? Queer to queer I communication. It, I love it, I am all well over it.
1: You did that great video um, at my Hoopla as well, of the padam. My video? The people <gasps> flocking oh, yeah. for the padam. Oh, yeah, all the queers like flocking. Your 20. set was
0: really fun. I've not been down to oh, one, one of God. the utopian nights, but I, um, I didn't realise you got all like, the dancers out. And I know a lot of like the girls, mm. from um, like they all got to do snow
2: bombing and glitter box, yeah. and yeah, they're all such a... Yeah, I mean, I didn't even know what was happening in that set, to be honest. It was definitely my more like trashy era, but I feel like I'm... But that's Hoopla. That's I, like you were playing. But that's the, me. I'm yeah. trying to yeah. leave that behind, but I'm still... still
0: no. That.
2: no, I love it. Anyway, this isn't my therapy about my existential crisis of DJ sets. This is about you yeah. today. Um, and we're going to have a deep dive. Yeah, let's How do you feel about it. that?
0: Yeah, let's do it. I mean, I've not, um I've not been on a podcast since I've really been DJing. So excited to talk about
2: to talk shop. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> let's do it then. So yeah, this podcast is basically about dance music and for the new generation for artists and fans. And I feel like you represent that perfectly. And as well as someone who's kind of at the start of their music career, it's been quite a fast rise, which we'll get into. But I suppose it makes sense to go back to the start. And okay. take <laughs> us back, like how did we get there to this Simone that we have in front of us today?
0: God, I think it was um when I look back now i can't believe it took me so long to realize that I wanted to be in music. Um, I it was uh, I don't know how to describe it. I used to so the, my love for electronic music definitely came from. The, there's, I'm from Edinburgh, and there's actually there's a great scene there. Mm. Um, and do you know Fly Festival? Yeah,
2: that's where I did my first Boiler Room. Is it?
0: So I was the cash desk girl at Fly when I was at university. Oh and then for the first Fly Festival, I helped the owner Tom Kettley. He's this mm-hmm. amazing amazing lovely guy like really bringing so much dance culture to scotland i helped him organize bits of it but then i sort of before the festival um had been on i'd moved down to london to pursue modeling but um, so that was really like i think i'd always loved electronic music i think starting back from like you know cascada like almost oh just, God, like a happy period. so i, I like i I'd always loved electronic music but it was when i sort of first got in with that group that i think my taste started to refine a little bit um and I also would do the seasons in Ibiza then as well and I would you know I'd take any job I'd just sell tickets on the beach just so I could go to space yeah um and I think by my third season I was working I was working at Ocean Beach Club I don't, I don't think it's called that anymore um oh beach oh beach now, oh, beach now. Yeah. yeah and you know I had like I had so much fun working there I was 21 um and I would work a 70 hour week on the bar and then I would go out all night. I don't. I. I would not have the energy to do it now. Oh but I God. think uh, so. So much of my love of dance music comes from these super clubs and um, just like really. Uh, sounds so lame, but like finding myself with Ibiza and now whenever I go back, it's such a special place to me. So I always love going back. Um, but I think I didn't really see anyone like me DJing? And I kind of, it just never clicked in my head that that was something that I could teach myself to do and learn to do. And like, it was really, um, I think, I'll probably talk about it quite a lot over this podcast, but Peggy Goo, she really just like revolutionized the game. She's such a trend setter. Mm. I don't know. She just, oh, she's a pioneer. And it was sort of when I saw, because she's not just a DJ, she's a brand and she's really cool and she's kind of an icon. And, Um, she like I think I was like I could kind of see parts of myself in her and I was like oh I want to do that and it's when the lockdown came around and we all were forced to pause Um, I had enough time to really reevaluate like what do I what do I want to do when we're allowed outside again and I got myself a little the classic DDJ-400 the little controller and just taught myself, um, kind of locked myself away in my room and taught myself because um, I had a bit of a following online by then. And I, I hate being bad at things, so I really wanted to like get to a, like a good enough level before I told people I was doing it. Because I, like, I think as a woman, you are under more scrutiny, yeah, um, and especially a woman with a following. I didn't want people to be like, "Oh, it's another model that like wants to be like make a quick buck DJ." I really wanted people to know that I cared about the culture and. I, I've actually been such a, like it's been such an integral part of my life for like was oh, a decade now. I'm getting I'm thirty tomorrow, basically. Wee, <laughs> it's happy. the day before my birthday, but you know, I mean, I've been clubbing since I was um, of legal age. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, like, it's like I love electronic music. I always have it. Just yeah. it took me it took me a really long time to. Work out that that was my calling,
2: I suppose. Mm, I'm glad you've arrived here. Yeah. We're both glad. (laughs) Welcome. Thank you. Welcome. (laughs) You said a lot of interesting things. I just want to unpick them bit by bit. I mean, first of all, Fly, yeah, integral Mm. to like the Scottish scene. A lot of DJs, Lala, LF System... Barry can't swim. Lo- loads of people. Yeah, they have test their, press. They get their come up through them. And they, Dennis they, Salter. They d- yeah Dennis Salter uh, used to be the light technician at Fly. No way! No way. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Oh, Dennis um, on the lights. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah. So he. I'm gonna get a job like serving beers at Fly and just hope that, <laughs> that somehow it gets me. Closer. Yeah. Do you know what? Tom Kelly. He
0: really has brought. Like he's d- done so much for the scene in Scotland, um, and he deserves every single bit of success that he gets. Um, but there's other people i met, that, like you know, Josh Kilimanjaro. Oh Yeah. yeah. So it's really funny because I hadn't seen him in years and then I started DJing and I saw him again. It's been about seven years and we were like, ah, you know, yeah. that Spider-Man meme. We were like, no way, we're both here. <laughs> <laughs> but
2: it's the, I have to say, the the Scottish artists coming through, because like on my radio shows as well, like there's mm-hmm. not a week that goes past that I don't play Scottish artists, like people who've exploded in the last few years, like Hannah Lang, LF System, mm. Barry Swim, Kilimanjaro. Um, God, there's so many more. Talia. You're yeah. So, like,
1: oh, I love, love her. So I feel like you
0: and Talia would Me make and Talia met good. on a photo shoot about <gasps> nine years ago. Like, what? before either of us did music. She is one of the best DJs I've ever seen yeah. live. I remember going to see her play in Brixton. And I was like, kind of just like stood there with my jaw on the floor. <laughs> and I was like, this is before I'd started DJing. But I was like, how are you doing this? Like, it, yeah. she blew my mind. Like, She's incredible. And what her... Teletech Boiler Room is one of my yes. favourite
2: yes. recorded sets. Oh Absolutely incredible, it's, and it
1: deserves mm-hmm. every single view it's yeah. got. It's got like, like, like a million views. Jaguar did a back to back with Talia and Ibiza. I would be was, so scared oh, to play oh, with her.
0: And she's like so good. I would be terrified. You know what? It's funny because
1: like Talia plays like very
2: fast, like one fifty. So mm-hmm. I like, which I knew, but yeah. I think I'd prepared a lot of like one forty. So I was just like, oh, I'm just gonna pitch this. Yeah, stuff, pitch this. and it was so fun. <laughs> but we were playing at like six pm, so like it was like.
0: So she had to bring it down. <laughs> no, we did not compromise. I it love that so
2: I need to so I haven't um, this one, I need to actually post about it because it was yeah I would love to watch that was, suit, oh, I will yeah, yeah. I
1: remember um, I think it actually might be one of her own remixes but that Cuff It remix yeah it is mm. oh it's my the baseline, god the bass like she's just insane like
2: she's so talented she's so talented we love a bit of Talia yep okay so Fly you mentioned Ibiza yes funny thing about Ibiza right because like the thing is, it is so cliché to be like Ugh, Ibiza, but like the, Ibiza, if you
0: get it, you get it. <laughs> it's great. I, I, it is. It's such a special place to me, um, and I, I think I've been almost every year for the last ten years. Um, I do. It's changed a lot, and I. Cause I was just there. I just played my first Ibiza super club Ooh, last week. I did, where did you play? I did DC Ten. Oh my god! Yeah, it's like yes. a loco. Um, no, I did Solid Grooves. Solid Grooves? Yeah. How was it? It was amazing. I had so much fun. It was really weird because I've been, I got the booking through a couple of months ago and I was like, I think I came through at like two in the morning and I was like, well, I'm not sleeping tonight.
2: <laughs> Just having like heart
0: palpitations in my bed. Um, and then it came and I wasn't nervous at all. And I was, I had, I had so much fun. I had so much fun. I was opening. So the nerves aren't there as much when you're, when you start and there's... An empty room, mm. and like, yeah, I, I always whenever I come on, I'm like, it takes me about three transitions to be like, Oh, yeah, I remember how to DJ. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I'm so, like, so, but it was like, laughing. it's kind of nice <laughs> to start with an empty room when it was such, it was the biggest, it's the biggest gig of my career, I suppose. Yes, yeah, so far. Um, but yeah, thought like, just all these clubs, they have so many memories there, but I do feel it's changed a lot, and I don't know if that's to do, I'm certain it is, it'll be. Me growing up and my taste levels changing and the music I like changing, but I—I there's always been a commercial place, but mm-hmm. I, I do. There's a part of me that sometimes gets a little sad when I'm there because I think the kind of underbelly isn't there as much. I, mean, I started going like a decade ago, so I'm just being a purist probably at this mm-hmm. point. But it does—it it does make me feel a little. Uh, I don't know, just like a little pang, whatever I think of like, it it, it had a bit more grit to it before. I think it's quite, um, Mm. yeah. Well,
2: like like anything, mm -hmm. like obviously you have these massive clubs, like Ushuaia, like beach club with so much money pumped into it. You Mm -hmm. know, even like amnesia, like that is all about money and like the biggest names, like your Calvin Harris's. And it's like, it's like we want all this money to be
0: in this industry, but it's, it kind of, there is this weird dichotomy of it. There's, when there's too
1: much money, it becomes a bit, sterile. Mm, yeah. Um, and, and when I, it's so expensive to go as well, it, it makes yeah. it quite like exclusive. Yeah. And- well,
0: like I said, when I was working at Ocean Beach uh, O Beach, uh, you know, people would come and they would buy these Jeroboam's of vodka. And they'd finish like two inches of mm. it. But, like, you know, they've saved up and they've worked really hard and they've saved up because that's, that's their big thing is to go on Ibiza and like spend all this cash. Um, and it is like, it's this huge money maker, but it also, yeah, it's just, it's weird to see the culture progress, mm. um, especially. Post lockdown, I—I mean, Ibiza,
2: everything closes a lot earlier now in Ibiza. Yeah, a like, lot of things have their restrictions have. Yeah, lasted. and
0: I understand like the the residents. I'm certain are just so tired of people coming and like partying and like mm-hmm. being lied when it's like when it's their home. But also, it's just yeah, this this element of the culture is sort of slipping away, which I think is a bit sad.
2: Have you been or played at Pikes? I've been to Pikes. <gasps>
0: Pikes is one of my favorite oh my places God. in the world. Pikes I is love it. It's one
2: of the best places mm-hmm. to play because it's like. It is. It's definitely actually like a, a an older crowd, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But yeah. it's like still it's, got that like a, old. It feels like Ibiza. real Ibiza. Um. Yeah. You played with Ghost, 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 didn't you? Yeah. He, the he jumped on.
0: I love him. He's, He's I've not met him yet, but we talk a lot online, and oh. his tunes are banging. Spicy.
2: Yeah. Uh, goes off. Goes off. Thank you, babes. <laughs> oh, love that. Um. What was I going to say? Oh, also, this is just more of a tip. Mm-hmm. Um. Do you know a DJ called Chloe Kaye? Calle? She yeah, we met her I Ibiza. met her in Ibiza, I mean. in Ibiza yeah. So, so heard the she, she, she we had we met her in Ibiza and she was saying, um, because I was like, it's like a very like straight place, Ibiza. Like yes. where are the gays? Yeah. And she was like, I think she runs or she's a resident at a queer night in really? Ibiza. It was felt quite like a like low key thing. I can't remember what it mm-hmm. was called, but there's it, a gay strip in Ibiza town. Is that? Yeah, but it's more—it's just bars. What yeah. are we doing? I know. Actually, we oh were there
1: on lesbian visibility day or we week were. or whatever it
2: was. What are yeah. we doing? Not being lesbian enough. Yeah,
0: I don't know. I don't know if there's any like sort of like lesbian bars or femme bars. Yeah. But there's a lot of gay bars. Yeah, there's yeah. a whole street and it's just like rainbow flags. And I'm like, this is where I'm supposed oh to be. Oh my god.
2: <laughs> okay, we need to go there. We yes, you do. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask as well you're like do you have a musical background? Or no it...
0: and I'm from a, like, a not very a not musical family I mean, my granddad actually he played saxophone and he played piano so I would always like play about on his piano when mm-hmm. I was a kid and I loved that um and then I, I got piano lessons and I had a really mean teacher uh, Did I that think put I had you are. I think I had my first recorded panic attack oh,
2: <laughs> because no. yeah
0: I, it's just one of these classic stories so that that was sort of it. Um, but I danced when I was younger, so I was like, it kind of all ties into mm. like rhythm and stuff like that. So I did ballet uh, until I was about. 15, 16, and oh, wow. started clubbing.
2: Fair <laughs> enough. That's the same thing. Yep. It's the yeah. same thing. I was like, I was like, I think I like this kind of music more. And who, who were some of those artists who like when you were kind of teenager going out that you were listening to? Um, uh, so oh, this is me showing my age, but
0: the, I think it was when David Guetta had his really big album. Like I remember that, like sort with of, like with the red album. like sexy cover. bitch and stuff. Yeah, I'm yeah, sorry, but like awesome. certified bang. I kind of um. What's that album called? Oh that I can't remember. But I feel like that sort of genre was coming back in in edit culture at the moment. And it's definitely And there was um like there was that sort of boom of Dutch house, like Afrojack and oh, yeah. stuff. Which yeah, I yeah. was like I was like I kinda of went through a phase where I was like, oh my god, I can't believe that's what I listened to.
2: And now I'm like, <laughs> you know what? It kinda of makes points. Babes, I feel like anything <laughs> goes at the moment. Yeah, I,
0: I love that it's like cyclical trends like in fashion. I think it's like it was really good fun.
2: <laughs> yeah, fair. Mm-hmm. Um and okay. Well, an artist that you must have been a fan of mm-hmm. was Lana Del Rey. Oh my God, yeah. Yeah, so I, when I
0: I think it was actually my second season on Ibiza, I would just like album back to back to back. So it's by 10... 10 years of listening to 12 oh my god i don't know it's been a, it's been a long time listening to her um okay which album and like top ooh. top oh god that's so hard Three she's chains. got so many albums she actually yeah, um, does i, I can i haven't she, heard, heard the yeah and she's working on the next album does, have you seen her doing shifts at waffle house i have you seen the <laughs> she's like i don't know like so i'm like quite on like lana twitter i suppose um <laughs> she, she is lana twitter yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um so i love first two albums very special place in my heart very nostalgic mm. um, Ultraviolence is great. Mm. Um, That Cedric Gervais
1: remix of Summertime's Adeline. I think that was my gateway track. Oh my God. Which is really
0: funny because I I then went on to (laughs) do her second ever remix, I guess, like official. Is that only her
1: second ever? Well, she, she
0: canonically... Hates remixes. Right. What
1: the hell? No, so, like, w- so basically,
0: when this whole process was happening, I like it because I like I'm such a fan of hers. I was like, she will fucking hate this. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: basically, um, uh, yeah, let's, let, okay, we'll talk about the remix. Yeah, show. okay, so mix, let's. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, for those who don't know, you and Melonada, I don't know who, I don't know Melonada. Yes, he's a very, very talented producer. um
0: but we he he's an Irish guy really really nice very talented okay i yeah. love that so you <laughs> guys
2: came together mm-hmm. you used uh, an unreleased demo yes. of Lana Del Rey mm-hmm. Yes to Heaven mm-hmm. and then you just reworked it and made like a 150 sort of trancy mm-hmm. cowboy space jam that's how i think it yeah there's something it's uh, something really funny about the country twang when it it's is.
0: sped up yeah. it gives this really nice like melancholic feel um, basically, how that came about is so I've been working on original music, original music, and I've just started putting it out. But I, you know, I'm I'm not like a vocalist, um, so I and like I pitch up all my vocals, and thank God for Altitude. So do you, <laughs> you sing on your like, like Star Sign, yeah, that's, that's me. Yeah, um, but I I like, haven't been making music that long. I think it's been about eight months. So I I was very very anxious about putting. Anything that just felt so like I felt very exposed putting something of my own. So I was like, so we were sort of working on like a little flip. So I was like, I can have something that has kind of my name on it. I can play to crowds and they kind of know me for it when I'm just starting to do my club shows. Um, and we tried a couple of things and they didn't, they weren't really working. And I was listening to Lana's demos one night just in bed. Just and I love that you've just got Lana's demos just on tap. Yeah, well they they are yeah. just in case they are all uploaded as podcasts on Spotify. But you didn't hear that from me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I was yeah I was just listening. And there's a couple that I really really love. And TikTok has sort of blown them up as well. Mm-hmm. Like people people just they're feral for her. Um, but Yes to Heaven has always been one of my particular favorites. And I was just lying in bed listening to it. And we'd been in the studio that day, and nothing had been working. Um, and it's because the drums were too busy and I was listening I was like, there's no drums under this. I was like, wait, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, So the next time I went in, I was like, this is it, like, this is the song. Um, And the vocals sounds great pitched up. Uh, I think actually going back to your point of Scottish music, I think like everyone from back home is having a moment because Scottish people are known for liking sort of fast BPM. It's sort of in our DNA somehow. Um, So I like, yeah, so putting up to 150 um, and adding the sort of trance, I love trance music. Yeah. But all the trance effects and sort of like phasers on the hi hats and stuff, it just like it's this very euphoric. It became this very like melancholic, euphoric thing. I, I love songs you can cry in the club too. Mm. That's my vibe. Um, so yeah, so we put it out and then it had lined up. We just finished it and then my whore, her set had come about when they did the London pop up. I was one of the first ones to be asked to do it, which
2: was a really big honor, but I was petrified yeah on kings and road yeah i think i did it a few weeks later it's right on yeah. my house is it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it was it was i couldn't
0: believe they asked me to be honest because i've still felt so green to the industry um did you enjoy it or was it i was really really yeah, nervous a, for it. it was extreme, a, extreme, is like the worst my first before. one and also trying to have that energy when there's no crowd there Yeah, I mean, like, you want you, it
2: to like look good but also sound good and also like
0: yeah, and like there's yeah. there's a lot of I got torn apart by some guy on TikTok. No. He, yeah, but like he, he like made he like every single mistake. He was like, and this is a mistake. I was like, oh come oh, on. Oh god, I, I've
1: seen that guy. You know, yeah, and, and, and it's, I've, I've never seen him post any videos of him doing. Yeah, Do you know, so
0: like I I I found it I mean? quite just early up. on. Um, so I left a comment and I was just like, thank you for taking. All the time to watch this because you know he spent like seven hours setting up his little yeah. ring light and editing, yeah, literally
1: it, <laughs> making his little <laughs> graphics for the timestamp where I'd fucked up, and then, um, and then he watches it back and it's like,
0: yeah, uh, he must have to watch it like one or two times for yeah, an Anyway, it's bit, anyway, um, anyway, so I caught, I caught it, and I was like, I, I know that all his uh, audience will like want me to be a bitch, basically. So I was just like, thank you so much for taking the time. Like, totally agree with your points. <laughs> uh, like, and, you know, I had a lot of people be like. It's good of you to say that, but like, I came off being like I know I knew I'd made a few mistakes, but I was I was very I, was, I think I was more concerned with the track selection because I really wanted to get my sound across. Mm. I, um, I still am, yeah I've not done that I hadn't done that many live shows then, so I was like I really want people to get like my sound, um, and I think that that was good. But yeah, I was I think. The nerves really got to me. Like Everyone was like, were you drunk? And I was like, I wish I probably would have played better. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Wait, so going back to Lana then. So you yes. played it in that the horse. That was the
0: first time I would played it. Um, sorry, I will ADHD tangent. No, so you might okay. need to bring me back a couple of times. Um, so that's the first time I played it. And it was this TikTok page called Breaking Breaks, who are great. And they like cover sort of like UK underground music and abroad too, but um, they'd posted it. And it just it just took off, and you had you know all these like sort of techno girlies in Berlin dancing to mm. it and like using it as a sound, and it just kept growing. So I was like, oh god, okay, we we got to get this on SoundCloud. So I uploaded it, and I think week one it done twenty k, which I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. And then as the videos kept going, it just like it, all of a sudden it was a hundred, and then three days later it was five hundred, then a million, and I was like, what's What's going? On? This is bearing in mind this is the first thing I've ever put out, so I was losing my mind over this. Uh, it was really, really exciting. Um, and then, then came all the labels. So ev- it felt like every single. I think we got all the majors, and then a couple of the smaller ones and like dance labels. They were all were they were hitting up anyone that's like wor- like works in my team. Like they were calling them at like four in the morning. People from abroad like just be like, please, we want like we want to get this track because it went so hot. Um, and I like as a fan of hers knew I was like she will never because the song wasn't even out I was like she will never approve this in a million years. Wow. Um, and eventually we get they were one of the last ones we get the email from Polydor which is her label and I was like what's going on and I was like wait is this real I didn't even want to like, get ahead of myself. Um, and eventually we get put in touch with her management and I was like it just it doesn't feel real I don't think it's sunk in at all yet but she. Uh, she wouldn't clear the sample for us to release it as just the track as it is but they were like she's gonna record the song release oh the song God. and you can be the official remix and I was like that is so much better actually yeah, 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 she so yeah.
2: yeah. re-recorded she
0: did yeah she did it with her like current vocal no like no like- <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, oh was, my God.
0: it's like a really insane. Oh, I, that, that's
1: such an amazing story to hear from <laughs> mm-hmm. like starting out with you, like lying on your bed listening to demos, isn't it crazy? Solana Del Rey going into a studio to record. Oh, your no, track. I know. I, I think people don't realize that part as well. Yeah. Like it was like it was
0: very, I don't think she ever wanted to release it. Mm. Um, and it kind of it grew to this sort of monster that I think her label. Couldn't avoid it. But the fact that she approved the remix, because they could have just ignored it. Um, You know, a lot of people remix her and it gets ignored. So like the fact she approved it is very cool to me as such a big fan of hers. So it was, yeah, I've... (laughs) Wow. It was yes, just the whole thing is not
2: stupid. <laughs> have you actually have you heard from Lana herself? No, it's been like sort of team my people will talk to your people okay. kind of thing. If Lana Daray walked to the door right now <laughs> no, <she's> like, <laughs> she pulls back that curtain. Could you imagine? <laughs> Could you imagine? We're working on that. We couldn't get a season. Today. Season four. Season four. <laughs> what would you say to her? I would probably just, just I'd
0: start crying. She was here, like screaming, "Mother!" I don't hey, know. Simone, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> she she needs to say thank you to you. That's all. no, oh no, no. She, I, Lana Del Rey's mother. I'm a nepo baby in the sense that Lana Del Rey is literally mother. <laughs> um, no, I I don't know. She's just been. I I really respect her musical integrity and for such a long time, and really holding her own and like a very distinct style I went to see her at Hyde Park recently and she was incredible mm. and it's it's so cool to see an artist who through all their females fem- female, sorry i sound like undertake <laughs> women have to like rebrand every era and she's been so consistent with her vision and her style and watching her do sort of songs from all of her albums and they all flow together perfectly it's, it's that's really mm. something in this day and age of like very quick churning out music it's uh, yeah, she's she's
1: yeah, there's kind of a timelessness to her music. Isn't yeah, there? she's mm. a once-in-a-generation artist, yeah. I think. Yeah, I agree. And she sang your song.
2: Ah! Wow. Well, her song. But yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're giving like big naughty pop vibes. Like, yeah. You're, I feel like you're. We're one of the same. Yes, if, I think. Like, so. Apart from Lana, like who else would be your sort of top? Naughties um pop. god i i, I just is, think it was like that's
0: such a golden era of dance music for me like i love uh like sophie ellis baxter oh my god yeah icon um so i love her like robin like her first oh album is incredible um and i what's been really nice for me with getting into music is i have been sort of rediscovering stuff that i really liked when i was a teenager which i like Took away from myself because mm. I didn't think it was cool. There's a lot of um, sort of like Japanese artists that I really like. because I'm very into like video games and stuff. Like, are you? I'm a bit geeky. Yeah. yeah. What do you play?
2: Um, Final Fantasy X is my <gasps> favorite. No, game. no, oh, are you kidding me! <laughs> 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 Wait, you're lying. Tidus and Yuna, yeah. and Lulu and Waka. Do you, and you know Konari. the? You know they did the the ten two.
0: Yeah, ten two, and then she's a pop star, and I'm like, yeah, that's, that's me. Babe.
2: <laughs> Yuna, Riku, and Pain.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs>
2: Exactly! Oh my goodness! I just freaking- found my new best friend? No, no way. way! No way!
0: So, <laughs> so like, you know, they like, I kind of like, adjacently oh. to these like Japanese games that I loved as a kid, like there's sort of, the, the soundtracks, the music, are, they're scored so oh well. You my god, so well, but just
2: play, like, replay the Final Fantasy 10 and 10 to your original soundtracks. you soundtrack, know? Whenever like, I'm stressed oh. out, I'm like, yes? let, let, I'm like, let no. me regress. <laughs> oh my god they're freaking out that's insane wow I'm, <laughs> um, I'm stressed
0: so like, but like I loved that when I was a kid and I was like I didn't have a lot of friends in school I was like I think I was just a bit like gangly and awkward and a bit weird um, so but like now I'm like I really like K-pop so, but, so I've been re-listening to all this music I loved as a teenager and I'm like this is great mm. <laughs> I, was like, I was it's very validating I like, I was right
2: yeah <laughs> yes, you were right my like instincts fa- and the fact now like edit culture is mm. such a big thing but it's like enough time has passed for yeah. you to like I've been dropping untouched at the end of my set I like love who is she that. I love when you play I Legend. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um yeah no it's 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 very it's just it's nice to uh, uh what do they call it inner child or something th- yes, therapy speak. Yeah. but i'm like yeah but i'm like you were right like your instincts were right and a lot of my music sounds like a lot of the music i liked as a teenager which i think is just like a really nice full circle thing yeah um so it's been very very healing for me as well i suppose
2: good mm-hmm. i'm very glad to hear that
1: jewelry isn't a gift you give just once it's a way to remind your loved one of a
0: beautiful moment every time they see it
2: I want to talk about, I guess, like the way you've transitioned from fashion and Mm -hmm. life as a model to DJing and producing. And as you said, it's like in terms of like your old career, it's like this is like quite a new thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And was this always the plan or how did you find that transition?
0: It was, um, I was really, like I said, I was really worried that people wouldn't think I was serious about the industry. Um, And... I, yeah, I was really I was sort of aware of the levels of misogyny I was probably going to face. Um and do you know what's been really nice is I haven't really experienced that from any artists or industry people. It's a lot of the um masculine dominated spaces in the crowds and people online, I think when they're behind the keyboard, mm. it's whatever. Uh, not not like that's not a blanket statement, but like you know, that's where I find it most. But I think I was a lot more worried about it and I, so I was very um, deliberate because I wanted people to see the process. Um, so I kind of, and I think taking people along on a journey with you, they root for you. Like, you know, I have a lot of people that were invested in me from when I was a model or when I did content creation and, you know, it might not be their kind of music, but they want to see me do well. So I was like, I was like, it's nice to bring people, they, they, you can bring them along and show them how much fun you're having, or like the first time like this happens. I like I got my first ever dressing room at a festival last oh. weekend, and I was I was very excited to post that. And you know I get people being like, I'm "So happy for
2: you!" And you know th- they don't care about going to the club, <laughs> <laughs> like, they don't care at all. Have there been any no. people who've been like, "Oh, why why are you DJing now?" Like I don't want to see that. Um, I'm mean, like a couple, but it's only really been a handful. I actually it was it was,
0: it was smoother than I thought it was going to be um which i'm really grateful for um but it's it's sort of it's been a very slow process over two years um and i I didn't want to sort of just like switch up my content too much and Mm. alienate people um uh yeah i think it's it was sort of a strange transition but i feel like i'm on the other side of it now so looking back it does feel like it was pretty pretty natural
2: uh, was was there like a light bulb moment or like a particular reason that you were like I want to be in music now? Um, I actually have... I
0: tell this story in real life, but I haven't told the story online before, but I will tell you. Okay. So I was dating... I I um I fell into that bisexual girl trope of dating a lot of musicians, <laughs> um, which I now realise is just because I was like... What attracted me to them is that I wanted to be music, and I hadn't realised yeah. it yet. Um, but I was dating this producer slash DJ during towards the end of the lockdown, like when we were allowed outside again. And he broke up with me the day before Valentine's Day, the same week his album came out. I will not name it because we're friends now. But I was like, I remember just being like, so pissed off. I was like, excuse, I was like, sorry. (laughs) And I was like, I was like, fine. I was like, like, I, I think I'd bought my controller by then, but I... I hate being bad at things so I like I hadn't touched it and I was like that was like the push I needed to be like oh we are so bad <laughs> that sort of catalysed me um and yeah but then I sort of the more I there was a moment when I was like teaching myself to DJ and cuz you just look down at the start and you're like oh my god what do all these knobs and buttons do and there was a moment where I was like I understand what I'm doing and after that I was just I was like feverish to just learn more and to keep growing like um just like listening to music 24-7, working out like what I like, what I mm. want to play, like what I want people to know me for. And yeah, I just like, I just fell in love with the process, which is so nice. <laughs> and were you nervous at all, especially like putting out music? I am so scared before every single set. Really? <laughs> yeah, I like shake like a leaf before I go out. Because um, I, I don't think I'm um a shy person, but I am a bit more introverted than I think people realize. Um, So going out in front of lots of people, I'm always like take a beta blocker like heavy breathing I'm, I, I think maybe you get
2: used to it but I haven't yet yeah I mean I think it depends like, so I get nervous
1: I think it's a good thing yeah and you, you think, care you have to it is a lot of pressure it. as well mm-hmm. like it is a lot of people and a lot of attention and yeah. also like club culture now it's also a lot of people filming a lot mm. of the time and, like, yeah I think that's still quite scrutinised it was
0: in um, Jaguar has this, has this group chat that a lot of DJs and producers are in and there was a really good conversation we were all having in it about it's sort of club promoters are struggling when i when i was at university we would go to a club because we know the night's good and they'll always book good djs but now promoters are saying they really struggle to sell tickets unless they have a kind of like a big name because everyone wants to come and they want to film a bit for tiktok mm-hmm. or their story and just show that they're part of the culture and it's just it's just how it's changed but i like appreciate it. it's hard for these bookers but it's also really strange because um not everyone used to stand and face the dj like that's a really sort yeah. of new yeah. thing and i i I, I mean, I quite like it when I'm playing and everyone's watching uh, after I get over my nerves. But when I yeah. go out, I love standing in a circle with my friends and dancing together. Like, I, like my... My epitome of clubbing is like Panorama Bar in Bergheim because it's, mm. you know, there's, there's a sticker on, it's disrespectful if you take that off and start filming. And you're just there because you love the music and you want to be with your friends and you want to have a good time. Um, I think other places like that, like I love Adonis at the cause.
2: I still have never been to an Adonis. You're kidding me! Sad. I know, I know, I
0: really, I know I'd love it. Yeah, Um. I, I've been finding, I don't know if you've heard about all this beef they're having at the moment with the circuit.
2: Circuit gate.
0: <laughs> no. It's um so they they basically they want to like reopen up the night so it's more inclusive. Oh yes, I have heard this. Yeah, yeah. and like there was like this big thing on Pride and someone was kicking off, they didn't get like, I, I don't it's like very like trivial club beef, but mm. it's been I, I find DJ discourse online and like club discourse it makes it really cringe when it goes online oh, and people are like I'm like, oh my god. There's a lot of especially yeah. Twitter. Yeah, the spare USB thing with Scream. I was What was that? Um,
1: so oh yeah, spare CDJ. I just thought that was the funniest yeah, thing in the yeah. entire
0: world. There was, um, someone had tweeted being like, they should have a backup CDJ backstage at festivals so you can check their USB hasn't been corrupted. Mm. And then it was sort of like, people got into this really heated argument of that's ridiculous like check your USBs at home You're, that's part of your job and I don't
1: know it's just it's like just like instant response is like super aggressive I and mean, it was like, like why are we talking ridiculous yeah, it's like, like why you are we sh- do your job like check your USB at home why are we talking about this four days afterwards yeah. it's not that deep I just, like, bit- it's also not even something that's happened as well it's, so it's like something that hasn't even happened and people are like raging at the possibility oh that yeah that I, was, I was like oh
2: god okay and then by
1: the third day I was
0: like this is hilarious yeah. that these grown
1: men <laughs> are still
0: talking about this like a Imaginary CDJ. Yeah.
2: wow. Yeah. Well, something I wanted to bring up as well mm-hmm. is, is like, I saw your tweet about uh, a DJ, a male DJ that you met snow bombing. Yes, do you want to tell us about that? Yeah, I because do. I, I know.
0: I just said that I've not received much misogyny from other artists, but this this is this is actually a one-off. This is the only time. So, like I said, I was in Ibiza last week to do my first set out there, and I, w- I was at Pikes actually, um, and he had just played there, um, and I hadn't I. I met him really briefly at Snowbombing when I was playing a set. Um, and he's like, oh, what are you doing in Ibiza? You just missed my set. I was like, oh, sorry. Like, I didn't know you were playing tonight. I was like, I'm here because I'm playing DC10. And he, he's a Scottish guy. So he goes, oh, I wish I had a fanny. And I was just was like... <laughs> You know, I just arrived as well. And I had like one drink. I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, um, so I, like, I actually, I said something at the time, which I'm really glad because normally I'm kind of like, you know, I'm in the shower two days later. I'm like, oh, I should have said this. Mm. But I was, I was like, well, that's so reductive. I was like, like, you mean you wish you were talented? And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I just said that. And he goes, he goes, that's reductive. And I was like, that's not what reductive means, but okay.
1: <laughs> um, and then
0: we ended up actually just leaving because I was so pissed off about mm. it. Um, because it's, that's, what Outrageous claim to say like it's easier to get bookings as a woman. Mm. It's just it's um I think this was like the, the day after. Did you see High posted um the billboard for high Ibiza and it's all men? I think there's like a female
2: presenting dancer seen, in a little bikini. I've seen the billboard when I was last yeah, um. Yeah, and it's like thoughts. and it's like
0: how can you possibly be like, oh I I wish like it's so much easier for you. Um but he, he was basically saying there's a quota for girls now. And like it's easy for you to get the booking. Uh, and what's funny is like I'm so grateful to the Solid Group team. I had such a good time, and like to play DC Ten as my first Ibiza gig. It was a Sick. total dream come true. But also when I saw the lineup announced, I went and clicked on everyone. I was like, "There's more bald guys on this lineup than women," which <laughs> <Like, laughs> blew my mind. Um, and you know, like everyone, everyone obviously very valid to be there. Everyone played amazing sets. But I was like, I was like, I I did sort of feel like. And the woman on the end of the lineup, and then you know also um, I won't name names, but one of the bigger acts followed me. I didn't meet him on the night. He followed me, and I was like, oh my god, this is so cool. Followed him back and started sending me like, the love heart eye emojis, liking all my stories. And I was like, well, this doesn't feel very professional. So I was, and I, there I was, like all excited, being like, oh, this like big DJ is like following me, um, yeah. And it was it was just horny. It's very disappointing. <laughs>
2: It's, it just makes yeah. me let out an exhale. Yeah. Really. I mean, yeah. this... Yeah. And I, I think also, like, in terms of, like, bookings and, like, it's so easy for that guy to be like, if I had a funny, whatever. Like, yeah. women, are getting, but women are getting booked. Women are getting booked, which is good. But, like, if you look at so many festivals or, like, big events, whatever, like, is often the women will be the ones at the start, like, playing to not many people. Yep. So, like, they might, like... Of course over, like, the season, like, have, like, 50-50. But it's, like, if you actually look at, like, the Who's visibility. the headline slots. Yeah. And how much yeah. is everyone getting paid? That's yes. another also mm. another thing as well. And and also, like, even even with things like Glastonbury, how they've only had, like, a handful of women headliners, yeah. like, ever. It's disappointing, isn't it? And it's like, are they not considering women as headliners? Like, these acts who could totally yeah. do it, they're well, not the, given the chance?
0: There's this really interesting thing that's happening at the moment with the Taylor Swift Ears tour and the Barbie movie, and people mm. are saying... The demand for them has exceeded their sort of genres so much that they've become these cultural events, and it's because there was finally women being marketed to, and we, like like it's a space where we can go and ex- like express our emotions and like really get into stuff that it's it's for us. So people are willing to spend the money to go and do it, and mm. it's it's crazy that music has not caught up yet. When I don't know, some of the greatest musicians of all time are women. In my 100%. opinion, I'm
2: a pop girly. That's what I think. Yeah, I'm fully with mm-hmm. you. And actually on uh, another episode, we were talking about Peggy Goo, weren't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, And Iconic Queen. An Iconic Queen. Do you want to take this one?
1: Um, yeah, so we were talking about Peggy Goo mm-hmm. and we posted a clip from that on Instagram and we got some pretty pretty harsh comments. I, saw, I think I commented on this. Yeah, yeah, you did. And what we were
2: saying is we we referred to Peggy Putting up a video of her, like you could see how annoyed she was, even having to do that. Yeah, it was. It was basically yeah. to like dispel the trolls, being mm. like, "Oh, you've stolen this sample from ATB to like." But oh, not only that, whenever she has an ounce of success, it's Ghostwriter,
0: ghost yeah, writer, yeah, yeah, Ghostwriter,
1: Ghostwriter. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah, like
0: come on, like like. Like pictures of her house go viral every two weeks, and it's a, it's like
1: keyboards and synths mm. and like come on, like I like I, yeah, but none none of those are real. They're not plugged in. Yeah, no. they're just they're just <laughs> for <aesthetics>. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and also like some of the comments, or I would say actually almost all of the comments we got, I think this might it might probably be similar to what you've experienced. You click on the profile, and it's. Zero followers, zero following, mm. zero posts. Yep. And they're like, one of my comments was from David Seaman. And David Seaman was the England goalkeeper <laughs> for about like a million years. And he's now apparently commenting on my Instagrams. <laughs> You've made it. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> like it's just bizarre. Um, I felt very angry for her when she had to do that because she's having this like she's having the biggest moment of her, her career. Yeah. Yeah. And all people want to say about it and Let's bear in mind, these are people who are not out in the circuit and not playing shows. They're at home, envious of her life. Yeah. But men that don't have the verbiage to say that they're jealous of women or envious yeah, of women. Yeah. So they have to be angry about it because that's the only way they can express... Whatever,
2: um, yeah. There's a lot of anger on on the comments, like yeah, and
1: thing. a lot of, as well. Uh, women are much better off than men, as as a, a couple oh, of them yeah. say, which but is kind of similar to it's deranged fanny the It's when
0: when they're like, um, there's a, uh, girls have it on easy mode, like you expect everything to be paid for you. And I was like, that's a system that you set up, that mm. men set up. Women weren't allowed bank account. Like when my mom was born, women couldn't have bank accounts. Like, be serious, right now. It's yeah, oh, it, it really, it really really grinds my gears that's why we're here
2: let it out honey exactly. let it out
0: um, and it, it's really frustrating because any response you have you're too emotional and you're hysterical because you're a woman and really the only thing you can do is to just be successful I think that is always the best revenge um, I think
2: it is and and I think from my point of view I think like talking about it and having a discourse mm-hmm. about it and like Listen, we're not attacking. We're literally just pointing out our experience. Yeah,
0: um, it's just it's it's really frustrating. Um, I I think it's very um, it's very small brained of these people because they're not looking at the bigger picture. Um, and like, it's okay to be envious of people that have what you want. Like Peggy Goo's life is who would not want to live that life like yeah. she's she's kind of living the dream and no mm. wonder people like i i don't know if i don't think jealousy is the right word but i'm like i want that like that's what i want but like that can be a, like a motivating thing it doesn't have to be a um I can't handle this, so let me let me tear it down because I don't have it. Mm. It's just
1: it's it's like throwing your toys out the pram. And there is also the option to not say anything. Is yeah. the other thing like you can sometimes not have you, an opinion you can just think or it's... not, yeah, <laughs> just, just not be involved. Just, like, can, yeah. But I think another thing though that mm. is quite nice that. I see a lot of um, on social media with these kind of things is that even though there are a lot of those people saying all of those like stupid comments, there was also like Mm -hmm. people like you in the comments or like big Ang in the comments Mm, or like, and there is kind of a sense of like, Women like actually, yeah, like, it's nice back each other and like.
0: um Do you know Chloe Robinson? Mm-hmm. Incredible, incredible DJ. Um As I'm sure you all know, listening to this, but um, she she's amazing on Twitter. She has one of my favorite Twitter pages. She does a lot of sort of discourse. Yeah, she does. Um, she's very active. Yeah, and she she talks about this a lot. And we were talking yesterday over Twitter um, because she had posted being like, "Do you think it's easier to get ahead if you're like conventionally attractive?" I saw that. Yeah, yeah and, it's like, well. and it's it's a really interesting point, and we were sort of just talking about it. Um, and I, I think there's obviously there's pros and cons, but because you can get you can get ahead if you look like if you're aesthetically appealing, sure. But it also opens you up to then these men who don't see you as like I've had like um, I, I do I do think that that has helped. You know, like I'm I'm a model, so like you know I'm, I'm very like conventionally Europeanly like beauty standards, I suppose. Um, and I do think that that has helped. And I already had a platform, which helped. Took me, I had a lot of imposter syndrome with that, because I was like, I don't deserve to be going this fast. But like, I, it's my platform that I built. Yeah. So like, I sort of that took me a while. But um, but I also think it opened like a lot of the comments I get on videos that go viral of me DJing, um, because I want to dress like a pop star when I'm DJing. Oh, it's my! Show, yeah. It's my show. I'm going to dress like Charlie XCX. <laughs> and then people are like, she's using her body. And then you'll see like. Uh, like you'll see, like uh, I don't know, like I I hate models. Is it like techno DJ? And they, they're tops off. Josh mm. Kilimanjaro's oiled up, tops yeah. off. And they're, oh. like, they're like king, oh, and God. they're rightly
2: so, king. But I'm like, how is it different? This this is how it. is it different? Mm. This is the thing. Yeah. Um. And and I feel like a, a woman could do anything, but literally the comments are always first and foremost going to yeah. be about how she looks. Yeah. And it, it,
0: it like they used to fuck me off so much, but then it's you know you go in bigger. DJs pages like female DJs and they're like they're like selling enormous stages like playing like Tomorrowland like thirty thousand people. It's the exact same comments. Stand, standing there, standing there in a bikini, yeah, pressing play. Yeah.
1: Also, people looking <laughs> good. That's that's always. Yeah, it's like you see it in all music and outside of music as well. Like, it's just, it's is that, a, isn't it even like a thing where like if you're better looking as a as a man or a woman mm-hmm. it like it can excel your career just because people are more likely to want to do what you say but they, like,
0: but they also they're, they're they see you more as an object yeah, than yeah as a person i find i mean not to get too deep on this music podcast but like in my dating life which is an absolute shit show generally um but i have a lot of times where i will date someone especially because they kind of get an idea of you online and then when you hang out enough times, and then they sort of see you being human and not that caricature online, they're like, "Oh, this isn't this isn't what I ordered actually." By and it's like, it's, what? yeah, a lot of the time, like when you become like a like a real rather than a concept. Oh my god, it's really strange. I'm
2: like, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't I
0: hate it. And I need mean, to swerve. Whoever yeah, those people yeah, yeah, are, I'm, yeah. I'm
2: married to my career. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, yeah. I don't know. I don't
0: the, yeah, I, we could go on and on. It's it's very. It's just, it's just really frustrating stuff, isn't it? It's, um, I, I do think, not to be super down, but I do think um, it's, it feels like it's going somewhere. And yeah, so what Chloe and I were sort of saying by the end is like, we need to, like women just need to be like, we need to all be like banding together. Cause there's, if there's enough space for all these men on lineups, there's enough space for us too. And it's not, it's like, it should never feel like a competition. It's like, it would be like just, actually I'm playing on an all female lineup or an all female and queer lineup on the 6th with uh, near Archives and I'm very excited for that, just for like the girly
2: pops energy. Oh, Can't wait. I love it. And I think it's, yeah, I think it's good now that we, in fact, I've got two points. I've got two mm-hmm. points. Okay. One, having spoken to a lot of women um, in our scene, uh, and non-binary people, but women who've been in the scene for a lot longer, like, you know, who are now in their like 50s, it's really mm-hmm. interesting talking to them now. Um, In fact, one of them, a woman came up to me like, couple of years ago at a conference in Ibiza and she was like I did like a presentation about gender and mm-hmm. she was like some of the stuff you're saying uh, we didn't have like the language or the mm. safety or even like to realize the, the misogyny and yeah. the stuff we were going through and how that was wrong we just accepted it because like it was such a boys club and yeah. we didn't have this like uh, like community and like space yeah. to voice these things. This is
0: another thing mm. I think that the, like these sort of trolls online don't like is that Women are like, can be very good at social media and they can have a big audience mm. and they can have influence. And that obviously wasn't the case. And men are born into a world where they're told that they're owed something, which I think is like very, very confusing for them to dismantle as well. Like, like, patriarchy affects both genders mm. just in different ways. All, all genders, sorry. Um, uh, I think... Yeah, so I think th- I think that is threatening as well because now, like, said so we have like you're getting to do panels and like your gender like reform, like t- tell people and have a platform to put the stats out there, and you have a credible voice, and people will listen to what you're saying. And I think that's really threatening to men, um, to insecure men, mm. not all men, not to be not all men, but like <laughs> it, it's, it's like, I get you. It, it stems from insecurity in their part, and I think um, you know d- dissecting patriarchy is. is uh, it's, it's horrible for us as uh, women or like uh, people assigned female at birth, but I think it's it can be really confusing for men too because mm. especially these guys that they want to do good and they want to be good and you know they might not even realize that they're being misogynistic, um, and so when you point it out in them, they they're like no, no no that's not me like I don't identify as that but they they need to they need to just listen basically 100%. take a little backseat
2: hundred <laughs> percent okay there's a few more things to go through I'm rare with of time mm. but. I think we should talk about social media. We've spoken mm-hmm. about it a bit, but like you're big on t- t- TikTok mm-hmm. and Instagram. Yes. And like in terms of sharing so much and like putting a lot of content online, like, I don't know, like, where do you think we're going with this? Because very interesting question. Yeah. Um, I think the new
0: generation after, so the generation after Gen Z is Gen Alpha. Um, and I think they will. Um, be a lot more private because not only will it be sort of cringe to be online because they'll be the first generation growing up where everyone's sort of a content creator. It's Mm -hmm. not just, you know, um, I'm sort of on the cusp between Gen Z and millennial. And um, when I was first starting to use social media, there was this like very millennial like picture. Everything had to be very perfect. And, you know, it's people, I don't know how to describe this for people that are listening, not watching, but it's, you know, that, that picture where they're like, it's like a girl traveling to oh she's oh. leaning back holding the hand of the photo no. That's actually peak cringe. I know, it's It's <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and now Gen Zs, they are like, they want it like raw and they want to see real life and real mm. people. And I, I love that. I love that. I mm. love me some Gen Zs. Um, but they, but I think this next generation will really just find all of that so cringe. And I think that it will be a lot more of using the metaverse and using avatars yeah. and um, like their their personal identity will be held back, but there'll they'll still be, there'll be probably more online, but it will just be in a very different way. Um, and I, I think like, I have been afforded to be less online since doing music. Like I still use social media every single day, but um, my music is the product. Now I'm not selling myself as the product, which has been very nice for my mental health to not... Just giving so much of yourself away. I think um, people can expect a lot of you, and like, there's a lot of conversations right now about parasocial relationships, like the Doja Cat thing that's happening right now. Yeah, um, what's
2: what is that? What's happening? She uh, she's sort of I
0: I don't I'm trying to work out if it's like marketing for her new image or if it's like her having a bit of like a break. It's but I, th- I think she's um she's I think she's sort of fed up with the um she. Her, she got famous so quickly. Mm. I don't know if the best support was put in place for her. I think she, um, she seems quite neurodivergent. I don't know if that's confirmed. Um, so I, I think she's just, I, th- I think it's just hard to, a, a lot of people project on you when you're that famous and she doesn't want it. She wants to sort of be the definer of her own thing. But by doing that, she's actually, she's being, she's like, I she's saying she doesn't like her fans. Yeah, she's put,
1: pushed back and been like, I, yeah, I all don't, of these fan accounts are creepy. You need to get get a job. Yeah. Like, I don't like she's like you don't love me you don't know me yeah like, I don't love you I, I, like, I, I get are,
0: I get yeah. the point she's making but it's it's also it's like strong <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> it's, it's, strong. it's a bit I think, I think people it. are upset with it being ungrateful but right. it's like just this level of um how much do you owe to these people it's I, yeah. I think it's a really interesting conversation so I, it's been nice for me since I'm doing music I get to sort of like I feel like I've been able to retreat a little bit of mm. um you know because I get to post about my music and my sets rather than being like my mental health is terrible today. Mm-hmm. Like, I like, I don't know. It's it's so it's been it's just it's very. It's interesting. I feel like I'm getting worse at social media the more I lean into my music career, but I kind of like it actually.
2: I think you do the the both.
0: Like, thank very you very much. much. I like so how it's too. like
2: <laughs> sick picture, sick tune, meme. Yeah. Like, it's a good. It's a I'm good balance. different.
0: Yeah. <laughs> now I actually started doing that in lockdown because um, I heard that Instagram cared more about shares and saves mm. rather than likes and comments so i was like i was like what can i post that's really shareable because i just am posting kind of like outfit pictures um and i love twitter twitter's my well i mean twitter's kind of going through its own moment right now (laughs) um but i i i think people are so funny on there and like that's my favorite app to use so i was like let me just share the stuff that i think is really funny and it was this really great way for me to showcase my personality but also um so sort I of grew my following really quickly, which is yeah. Helpful. But now, if I do like if I do like a sponsored post or something, and the brand are like worried about the verbiage and these tweets being a bit too like political or like silly, and I don't put them before, like where are the memes? This is this is the
2: picture of you is great and all, but where where's <laughs> oh, really? the funny? Where's the funny? <laughs> I'm like oh god, they're expecting. I've got it. this till death now. <laughs> um, I just wanted to ask as well, like in terms of like social media and music like for example how tiktok has essentially changed the landscape of, of music and you were saying how mm-hmm. that lana del rey remix blowing up tiktok kind of, all tiktok yeah mm-hmm. so i don't know how, how how do you think the the musical landscape is going to change
0: um i think tiktok and social media has sort of decentralized the music industry a little bit um in the sense that kind of the same way tiktok did it. it's like anyone can go viral um um but i do I do think people take that a bit too literally now I think the music labels still kinda do run the show um and what a lot of people don't realize about the music industry that aren't in the music industry is that so much of it is actually just marketing and I think that's like been like a sort of key factor to my success is because with modeling and then doing content like i I've got so good at marketing myself, so I was um very able to when i started djing you know i was i was able to like get the message out that i had started doing this and i could get the pictures out and i could get the videos out and i think a lot of people especially um men they're like they're quite shy to put themselves out there cuz you like there's there's must be hundreds of producers with like some of the best tracks in the world but they're like it's too cringe to post on social media mm. so they got like three streams on soundcloud and it's they're kind of doing themselves a disservice by their need to be perceived as cool in certain communities um yeah it's very it's, it's a shame because I think if people it's uh I'm cringe but I'm free basically like if, if people <laughs> cared if people cared less about being cr- a bit cringe online they would be able to um shout from the rooftops about their successes mm. a bit more
1: yeah mm-hmm. very true yeah I think there's so much to be said for that yeah just like it accepting yourself and just yeah, like you were saying about like letting yourself enjoy the music you enjoy yeah post what you want to post do what you want to do I
0: saw um some male DJ posting me like oh it's not even about who makes the best tunes it's who understands all the niche references of the week and it's like yeah but that's just how marketing is now like marketing has always been in music just because you don't have to like Go on these tours and flyer and put your flyers up in bars anymore. Like doesn't mean that you don't have to do marketing. It's you still have to put in the put in the hours mm. and put in the work.
1: And there's nothing stopping them from doing it. And that. everyone,
0: everyone can do it. Every, yeah. like, everyone with a smartphone has the tools to do it. I mm. think it's again, it's um it's sort of hiding, hiding in the tortoise shell, isn't it? Like being, being annoyed about it rather than just being like, oh, I could do that too.
1: Old man yells at a cloud.
0: Exactly!
2: <laughs> Great reference. <laughs> if social media didn't exist tomorrow would you miss it
0: i would probably be so sane and smooth-brained and healthy um i kind of like people say that question a lot and i'm like i think i don't know i think it would probably be quite i like i don't get me wrong i love social media but i think um People can people can get too wrapped up in it and there's this really interesting conversation happening at the moment about third spaces. So like back in the day there would be like libraries and stuff that people could go to that they're not, they don't have to pay to be there, it's not their home and it's not their job. And it's these like places they could go and like meet people and like socialize. But now our third space is the internet. And I was like, I love, I've made so many friends mm. online and it's it's nice when I'm traveling, you know, the first time I went to LA I was like, I had friends from Twitter that I went on night out with and it was great. But I think this, like, doing all the socializing online, is making people a bit cooked in the head, (laughs) like because they can't interact
1: in real life anymore, Um, and it's it's a real shame.
0: Mm.
1: And people feel entitled to say whatever they want to say, which they wouldn't say in a library or or, (laughs) in the library. Well, there's no there's no repercussions really. There's no repercussions, and you don't have to say it even with your own face. You can put a picture of David Seaman and say it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
0: Yeah, I think it will be interesting to see what that does to people's brains in like 20 years, just to see like how this generation grows up. I think just from like sort of anthropological viewpoint, Mm. it'll be just very interesting to watch how that changes human interaction. Um, But yeah, I think... I think that's why dance music is great because, you know, you can watch these live streams online but like, it's the feeling when
2: you're in the club, that is, that's the real special part for me at least. 100%. I think it's the human connection, yeah, which is why any of us do Yeah, it's the right? emotion in the
0: music and you're with friends mm-hmm. and it's so euphoric and joyful and yeah, it's special. It's yeah. really special.
2: Um, okay, I've actually got a couple more okay. for you. <laughs> uh, I guess, yeah, what do you want to achieve as an artist? Oh my god, this is such a
0: um, I feel like I'm just like having a nice time right now. I Haven't, good. I haven't thought about it too much, I'm just I'm really enjoying myself. It's That's nice, a good place nice to, to be. I like um I think if I can add in any way to making the dance world just a place the I just love when like when I'm playing I see like the front row's girls and they're like they're not going to the club to like run around after some guy or some girl. They're there because they want to dress cute and they wanna dance with their friends and they wanna have a good time and it's for them. I love that. Like if I can add to that movement in any way, that would make me very happy.
2: That was a very good mission. Um and I saw you you're doing a UK tour I in am. September. Yes, I am. Club Zero.
0: Yes, so Club Zero is my little brainchild. And we're taking her on tour. I've got four UK dates, so it's like a mini tour just to kind of test the waters. Um, but I would, like I, it's something that I'm quite passionate about, hopefully growing going forward. You'll have to come play for me sometime, mm. by the way. Um and I just okay. like I like I want it to my dream for it is to be like just a very like Y2K, um Club Landy. Um I just think that era just pre-smartphone but like when people were still like sort of like Paris Hilton like very debaucherous yeah. but like <gasps> Cascada <quite> Exactly <laughs> um, Very Cascada You know yeah. and like, I, I wanted it to be just like a fun party um, where people want to go and dress cute and have a nice time and meet like-minded people mm. so um, yes I, I am looking to grow that over I guess the next few years or so we'll see where it goes but I'm doing a mini tour I'm doing um, Glasgow, Edinburgh London and Manchester
2: sick Jack. amazing that really be so fun well best of luck thank with the tour. You. Do you actually my
0: cousin is my support act in Edinburgh oh my god who's <laughs> oh your cousin way. she is uh, her DJ name is C Orchid and it's funny so when oh. the bookers were doing it um, so she sort of works in the bars in Edinburgh and they replied being like would she want her cousin to support and I was like Yes, absolutely. So, but you know, she's messaging me. And she's like, "I can't wait. I'm so nervous." And we're playing Sneaky Pete's, which is a great oh, Edward venue. Sick, yeah. Um, and we're gonna, yeah, it's going to be so much. I'm really. I'm, that's my hometown show as well. So I'm looking forward to that one.
2: Oh, that will be Aww. so fun. I, hope, I honestly I hope it's amazing. <laughs> Thank um, you. Okay, well, final question for you, yes. Simone. We ask everyone this, mm-hmm. don't we? What is your utopia? What does it look like? It can be as deep or literally as like I think whatever you want.
0: Um, I think I felt quite close to Utopia at music festivals before. Um, I ha- I think it's just something about a music festival. I think you're, you're outside getting all the vitamins from the sun, breathing the clean <laughs> air, getting out of the London smog. Music, you kind of don't have the responsibilities of being an adult and I need to email my accountant. You start, you're just there and you're in the moment and you're with friends and everything is pressure off. And I think that's... that's
1: pretty much as good as it gets for me that's a good one i back that i've yeah. definitely felt pretty utopian it's like, it's when you get into about day three and you go like a little bit like feral <laughs> <laughs> i love that you wake up feeling a bit lightheaded oh, it's gonna go one of two morning. ways the before, yeah. <laughs>
2: it's like the, the peaks and troughs isn't it it's like yeah. euphoria and then it's like emotional roller coasters <laughs> but it's, i feel like it's um you can sort of
0: I always. Um, this is not necessarily festival, but like if I'm like really stressed, I, I love to go just like get to the club and do a big song. Yeah. I have flown to Berlin to be like, I need put me in that warehouse. Yeah, <laughs> I need, I've got like six things to work through. Like, <laughs> like in a trance in the music. <laughs> um, I think it's something so therapeutic about just music and. Yeah, it takes
1: all your troubles away, really, doesn't it? And then the next day you can lie in bed listening to the Lana Del Rey (laughs) demos. Yeah, and you get the fluffle (laughs) rap through all (laughs) your breeds.
2: Well, I've just got an insight into how you work. Uh, Simone, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun.
0: (laughs) Utopia Talks is a stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network.
1: The championship season is over, and what a season it was. But the best is yet to come it's the playoffs. Who will make it to the Premier League? And who will be left heartbroken at Wembley? Stay across it all with the second tier. We're bringing you episodes after every leg. And in between, we're revisiting the greatest moments in playoff history. It's real conversation with two real championship obsessives. So you can be in the know about everything happening in the playoffs. And share all your new knowledge in the pub with your mates. So come join us. We're your one-stop shop for the playoffs. Search second tier in your podcast app and hit subscribe.